Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 78. This week on the episode, I've got an awesome conversation with Anthony from the band Capstan. So, really cool conversation, really enjoyed talking to Anthony and getting some insight. You know, I've heard of Capstan before, hadn't really dove into their music too much prior um, to finding out that I was going to be interviewing them and whatnot, but, you know, dove in and really enjoyed what I heard, and, you know, it's always nice to find a new band, uh, quote-unquote, a new band, um, and things like that, but Anthony and I had a great conversation about kind of how music started for him and... Um, some of the influences and things like that. We talked a lot about kind of how the post-hardcore, screamo, pop-punk, emo, alternate music scene um, supports it itself, each other. We talked about mental health a little bit, using music as a therapy and a release, and, you know, just so much more. They have a new album that's getting ready to drop um, just a, a couple weeks after this episode goes live. So definitely want this episode out there. I want you guys to check it out. Enjoy the conversation with Anthony and then jump over and start, you know, digging through their music and, and get ready for this new album uh, because I think it's some of their best work yet. And I really think that this might be the album that kind of sparks a lot more interest in them and gets the the eyes over to their band um, and you know hopefully they see a lot of success off that so let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with Anthony from the band Capstan well then let's go ahead and kick it off so to start off with cool. I do ask the same boring ass question every time because there's not a better way to start the podcast episodes. And that's the, the simple introduction, man. Just, you know, who you are, what you do in the band, and a little bit of background musically for yourself. Okay, so um, I'm Anthony, and I'm the vocalist of Capstan. And um, growing up, um, I played a lot of different instruments, uh, drums, piano, never really sang much, but... Uh, as far as capstan goes that was the first time i've ever tried vocals my entire life um i played the drums uh growing up in in uh, uh michigan and when i moved to florida i met harry and we started this band and i said i was originally starting out just as a recording project um, and i started playing like i played the drums for it and i said hey i just kind of want to hop in the vocal booth and try this out and he says yo you you should stay on vocals i know a really good drummer and that's kind of how like capstan formed you know and then we kind of took it public as it went so so let's talk a little bit about that because i think it's always interesting on something like your journey where vocals were never really in your your wheelhouse or anything was there like a song or an artist that all of a sudden kind of inspired you to be like, you know what, I, I'm going to take a shot? Um, you know, not really, but uh, it was like one of those things where uh, the songs that we were working on needed to be completed. And it was mm -hmm. just like, yo, let, let me let me try it out. Let me see. And uh, I kind of liked it. 
you know, but I mean, growing up, I grew up in like the, uh, pop punk post hardcore scene. So, I mean, to say a few, you know, under oath, Silverstein, um, every time I die was a huge one, you know, for the screaming, but, uh, the main, I guess the main reason, yeah, I've, I've thought of a band is, uh, such gold. Cause when we started, we were like a pop punk band and I was like, I want it to be harder than that. I want it to be like a harsh vocalist pop punk band. So I guess, uh, Ben from such gold was, was kind of the influence at the time when I was like, dude, it'd be sick if we could make it sound like this. So, um, you know, I haven't got to interview him, but you, you mentioned every time I die, Keith's vocals always like people do not give that dude enough credit on the amount of versatility he has in his vocal range. My goodness, man, he is still going strong. I mean, how many albums have they put out now? his lyrics are just next level. Like it's, it's, he's an amazing vocalist and an amazing songwriter too. And lyricist. And, you know, I think it's, I think maybe you guys have probably experienced some of this too. Like not trying to dog you that you're not on every time I die scale yet, but you know, like you're in different arenas right now, but you know, I think a lot of it comes out to, the post hardcore and you know anything screaming really as big of a fan base as there is it's just not mainstream enough right so it's kind right. of hard to get that recognition sometimes that what i'm doing is a legitimate project yeah yeah no <laughs> trust me man I, I you deal with it i mean you know extended family no one really knows what it is that you go through and what you do and how much work you put into it uh but I guess that's the reason, you know, you do it because you love it, you know? And like, yes, I do want this to be my career. So, you know, money does become a, a factor at some point, but, but regardless, like the, the end reason is just, I love what I do. And, you know, music helped me as, you know, growing up as a kid through my problems and things. And it's nice to, to be able to do something you love and share those emotions and give that back to somebody else that might be in need. And I think, you know, that's the the beautiful thing about music is obviously it, it happens in pop music some, but like the pop punk, the post hardcores, things like that, metalcore, you know, I I tend to not use genre labels anymore anyway, just because it's so hard to place people in boxes. But, you know, the the alternative side of music, if you will, like it's it's viewed by the mainstream as kind of this like taboo, right? Like nobody, we don't want to talk about that. But then if right. you actually listen to it, it, it's all of the real life, real world problems that people are going through. And it's the most relatable music that's out there. Yeah, I agree with you. And um, I think in uh, to that, it's, it's a lot about the community that it, that it is revolving around these styles of music. And I find that to be um, extremely comforting in certain ways. And um, just, you could go to a show and you meet like-minded people. It, you know what I mean? Like you can meet somebody and yeah, everybody shares different experiences, but you there's a common ground and that's the music. And then you start to realize, oh, they went through something similar to this, you know, and, and I feel that it brings camaraderie and just um, it, the community is, is what's so awesome about the, this, these genres and everything. 
that's actually so the the name for my website and everything is you make the scene and it really came from that that belief you know growing up myself as a an emo kid and you know pop punk and all that like my belief is regardless of what musical genre you like it could be country it could be jazz it could be whatever right like each individual person in that community makes that scene so right you know like you were saying you can go to a show of your favorite band and know that you're surrounded by a few hundred people that love that band for probably very similar reasons and there's no reason for you to feel alone anymore or you know no no reason to be standoffish or afraid like these people hopefully have that same common good in them as well that they're you know supporting this this artist that has been through things that you connect with and relate with yes absolutely and that's the beauty of music and that's one of my favorite reasons why as we grow as a band like that's one of my favorite reasons of being able to be in a band Yes, I love what I do. And I love, you know, my band members are my brothers and some of my best friends. Um, but that is one of the main reasons why I started doing it, because when I when I was younger and I was going to these shows, I mean, even band members that I would go to see, you know, back in the day, they were all like, you know, I'd show up super early because I want to be right in the front. You know, this is before I'm even playing music and, you know, the band would be loading in because it's that early. And they, I would never had a bad experience every every band member was super kind to me like from any show i went to if it was that early when i was younger so that's the thing is you know sometimes it gets lost on people that that musicians are bigger than than the average person or whatever as far as like egos and mentalities but at the end of the day we're all human right like it what purpose does it serve as a musician to be an asshole to someone that right. comes to see your show like yeah, they're sense. they're literally paying your your salary, you know, like right. or whatever it is, buying the ticket, you know, they're helping support you. So yeah, and and I've never had an experience like that, and I know a lot of people have, but um, for the most part, I mean, just just growing in the scene of doing this, um, every band we've come in contact has been just normal, good people, and we're all trying to do the same thing, you know. I think that's the, you know, tying back into the, the community and the scene part of it. Like, yes, I've talked to a lot of artists too, that, you know, they maybe only have a couple hundred thousand listeners. I'll, I'll give an example. I just talked to uh, the lead singer of written by wolves. They're a New Zealand project and okay. they just worked with Kellen Quinn. And it's like, they, he said, we've only got, you know, 300,000 monthly listeners, which to me is not a number to, to shy about, you know, like that's a decent number of listeners. But right. Like, but, you know, sleeping with sirens is at like 2 million. And I'm like, yeah, but they came from the same place you came from. Right. Like these artists have, yeah, got their following now, but so many of them want to give back to the music scene and the industry that has given to them. Exactly. And I feel that, um, you know, when you, especially being an artist or being, you know, in a band is one thing, but you can't tour forever. You can't play shows forever. So, I mean, I think naturally, you know, if you're a musician, vocalist, whatever, I mean, it, it's going to come into play where you're going to produce and you're going to look for projects that are off the road and do things like that. And ultimately it's helping other bands 
get to a, to a point in their music to where that they're able to, to get to those, those first stepping stones. And then from there is when you do like, when you, you know, put the work in and, and move forward and start to, to grow um, a lot, you know? And, you know, I, I say this all the time too, like when it comes to collaborations, you know, Kellen's been all kind on all kinds of stuff. Uh, Garrett Rapp from the color morale has been on all kinds of stuff. Like, these guys don't just take every project that comes to them. Like they have to believe in, in the music that you're putting out, or at least the song you're putting out because their name's attached to it. So like, to me, that just is that extra little inter industry head nod that, Hey, you're, you're onto something and I want to be a part of it. Even if it's only for a minute. Exactly. Right. They, they, Hey, we believe in your stuff and here we go. Like put that out there. And you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good, uh, stepping stone. It, it brings, it brings, um, attention too, because these, you know, these people are, are known in the industry, in the scene. And I think that it's, it's a very powerful thing, whether or not they're just doing it because, Hey, this is good for me to get my hands into this. And I kind of want to start scoping or what, but they believe in the music and it's, it's a, it's a big deal in my opinion. So. I totally agree. And, you know, I think that's the the thing that maybe fans look at, you know, and I don't mean this to sound as derogatory as it may sound, but fans look at it from the surface of just, oh, well, they probably paid so-and-so to be on this track or whatever. And they may have, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of that that goes on. But, like, at the same time, I've never understood the whole, like, sellout thing, right? Like, when when your favorite band finally breaks and and starts making leaps and bounds, isn't that what you wanted? Like, why are you shitty? This band's getting there. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I, uh, from, from one perspective, I can see like, Oh, well, great. Now I can't be in the front or I have to pay this much now to go for a ticket or the new shirt costs this much. But ultimately that's what it is. Like it is a business, but I feel that there's so much more emotion behind it that uh, that is why, like when you sell out, that's the, that's the point of doing, doing it, you know, like you want, you want to get as many eyes on you as possible. And so that, that brings up the, uh, Oh, well, I knew them when they were nothing type deal. So it's like, Oh, well now that everybody likes them, I don't want to like them. So I think that's more of just like a human condition type thing where people are like, upset because oh well i knew about this and nobody would listen to me about them but now you know that kind of thing <laughs> and i i totally get that and you know i think you're probably right but at the same time like it's just that i don't know i guess it's a, a frustration and you know i'm not even making music but it's that frustration of why do we as a society and i didn't intend on getting this deep with you right away but like why <laughs> as a society do we we shit on success, right? Like if it's not our success, we, we really shit on these people that are making moves and bettering their lives and finding success. And then it's like, Oh, well I can't support them anymore. But but why? What did they do? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. Um, I I don't know. That's, that's a tough, uh, that's a tough subject for sure. But, um, I would just say, I, I feel that even though, even though like maybe like, okay, good example. They don't like the band's new stuff. 
or whatever it is right. that they're coming out with, they will still go back and listen, which is ultimately supporting it. I feel that it's more of a, hey, I don't like this band's new stuff anymore, or like I don't like this band anymore because the new album was this. Um, but ultimately, even if even if that's the case, like I'm not public about it that ever for any band because you know, hey, they're making moves, they're going to gain this traction, they're going to break into this market. But for me, it's just like, I'm not a huge fan of the new, the new record. So then I, you know, I'll go back and still listen to the, the songs that I like, but that's ultimately still supporting them, you know? So I just feel people get vocal about, about it and just maybe it sounds wrong, but you know, they're, they're not going to just kill it. Like, I'm never going to listen to this band ever again because of this. I, I feel that they just will not listen to the newer stuff. You could be totally right for probably a good portion of people you know they're going to listen to the like the old catalog and and do the background thing but at the same time i guess you know me playing devil's advocate like okay but as the band gets older like you know i grew up with newfound glory simple plan you know some classic pop punk artists oh yeah and, me too man you know, <laughs> right there yeah, with you. <laughs> their, their sounds evolved so much over the years and it's like people got shitty about that and it's like but like Jordan from newfound glory is like 38 years old, 39, something like that. Like he can't write the 16 year old heartache, angsty teenage shit anymore. You know, like he's, he's an adult. So just grow and, and be happy. And like fallout boy is a great example of that. Like people shit all over fallout boy, especially their new albums. And it's like, y'all understand from under a cork tree was like 2007. Like, yeah 14 years ago now yes exactly yeah they um and i i i like i like to i like to know that these bands are evolving with the times because if you don't then you're no longer relevant so if you're trying to continue to do what you love i feel like that's a bit of a part of it you know he unintentionally is a great tie-in back into your music like you guys have been kind of playing with your sound over the last couple years and really refining what you want to be um talk about like what goes into that because i don't think fans often think about a how much of it's a conscious decision but b like the struggles right like sometimes you write a song that you think may be killer and then as you start producing it and demoing it out like okay maybe it doesn't fit the style that we want to go with yes absolutely um so i will say uh the entire lockdown with with the COVID thing had given us uh a lot of time to work on this record and um i will say joe our guitar player mainly wrote the entire thing with and then we cut he brings us the ideas and then we kind of work we kind of work with them and we produce them and you know everybody plays their part in that but um we have never up until writing this album have never scrapped a song that we demoed with vocals on it. We would just put it out. And I feel that, (laughs) yeah, I feel that like with, uh, with us having the amount of time that we did, we were just like, you know what? We want 10 songs. We want them all to be bangers. Um, these aren't making the cut. So we scrapped them and we went right back to the drawing board and we did it again. Um, and, I just, you think about it, it's like you want to break into new areas, 
And yes, we are a post-hardcore, you know, we're very progressive. So we try to do this, do still keep the same um, outlook of what we're trying to accomplish, but also writing catchier choruses, writing, you know, um, verses that coincide with the next verse and just, um, just try and hone in a little bit more like as, as not a mainstream sound, but as more of a song structure that's structured correctly, I guess you could say. And we're very proud of all the songs that, that we uh, put out that we're going to be putting out. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I think that, uh, I think that it's a, uh, it, it, it was a blessing, but also a curse because, you know, half of, half of our job is being on the road and that was taken away from us. And then the other half, it was like, well, now we have all this time. Let's write something perfect. Let's, let's like make it perfect in our eyes. And we knew we were, we would get hate because, uh, you know, some of the songs are different, but they still have that overall capstan feel, I guess you could say, in my opinion. So. I think, you know, a couple of things that I want to touch on there is number one, you know, I've talked to a lot of artists, especially through the COVID time and, and whatnot with this podcast, like to some degree, COVID was beneficial, like you said, for writing and, and just having time to slow down to some extent. But at the same time, you know, it kind of leveled the playing field to some degree, like now nobody can be on tour. So nobody's out promoting any better than what you could do you know, with everything going digital and, and social media and things like that. So it, it's that catch 22, right? Like, yeah. Hey, you know, this really fucking blows that we can't go to her, but nobody can go to her. So what can we do? Like you said, kind of hone the craft, make the best album that we can possibly make through this so that when doors start opening, boom, we're ready to go. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that was a, that's a thing too. It's like, it's not easy being on the road a lot. And, and especially because our band is extremely collaborative. Yes. The main ideas and, and the riffs and, you know, a lot of the lyricism and stuff comes from uh, Joe, but we all want to have a hand in it. And when you're on the road and all you're doing is like, where's the next rest stop? I have to use the bathroom. It's hard to like, you know, really get in and then really get into the writing process. So that, that was, uh, you know, through COVID, we were able to meet up because it was just the five of us that only saw each other anyway. So we were just like, okay, well, let's just do what we can with it. So, you know, I, again, I think anyone that hasn't been on a tour bus or in a van, you know, on a long drive, like not only is it a worrying about, you know, where the next venue is, how long's the, the drive ahead, things like that. But like, in those moments because you're on tour even if they are basically your brothers like at some point i just want me time so i'm putting in headphones and just getting away from everything for a little bit and it's it's hard to get everybody in writing mode when you're on the road versus like yes. you said at home <laughs> hey guys let's you know next friday let's hit the head over to you know joe's house we're gonna bang some stuff out Okay, cool. Exactly. Like everybody can do that. Yeah. Yep. And we were just, we treat, we treated it as a, as like a, what, 11 to 9 PM job. And we went every day and we just 
worked and worked and worked and worked. <laughs> and it was you fun. Know, it was a good time, you know, in the, in the times that it was when nobody really knew what was going on. If touring was ever going to come back, we were just like, let's, let's just say it's going to, and let's just do this. And, um, I think we're in a decent spot now. So. I mean, to be fair though, you guys are based out of Florida and Florida is pretty much fucking lawless when it comes to anything. So bare minimum <laughs> touring Florida could have happened. Yeah. I mean, but that's, that's just with the scene and everything. And we just want to make sure that everybody's being safe and we never really looked at it that way. We just kind of want to make sure like, even if it were to happen, we want all of our fans to be safe. So I, I totally agree and, and appreciate that. It's just, you know, Florida really gets picked on all the time because some of the news that comes out of Florida is just the most ridiculous shit. And <laughs> you can't help but laugh at it, you know, like, oh, yeah, this happened. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> um, so let's dive into the album a little bit. You're you're getting ready to drop the second full length album called Separate. That's going to drop on July 23rd. And like I told you just before, this is going to be live uh, July 7th. So for people that are listening to this when it is live, uh, just a couple weeks away, we've got the new album coming out. Talk a little bit about, we've kind of touched on it, just not in, in great, great detail, I guess. Talk a little bit about, you know, Joe writing and kind of coming up with the, formulating the ideas, and then you guys circulating around that to fine tune and, and develop this album specifically. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Joe is going through a pretty rough time. Um, as it was stated, I think he, he's talked about it a few times, but he was going through a divorce and a lot of the songs were written, um, to help him deal with that. And, um, coming through, you know, just trying to be there emotionally for him and everything on, on the same, you dive into work when something like that's happening. So I have a feeling that he was just keep, keep my mind off of it. Let's, let's rip through it. And, um, I guess one of the, one of the greatest things about it too, is he worked so hard on writing a lot of this music for the record. Uh, when we finished, uh, demoing and we were waiting to go into the studio, he was like, I can't even listen to music at all. Can't even listen to it at all. Like I, I am done right now. I am spent. So, um, I think it was a, a good way to turn something negative into a positive there for sure. I think, you know, that's something for fans to really absorb is that something I love about your band is it is always personal. It, no song, at least that I've heard from you guys, is written as a, well, we know this is going to sell or we know this is going to get radio play or whatever. Like, that's not the intent. The intent is to be personal and to to be a release and do something that you love. Right. Yes. So, um, talk a little bit about, obviously you and, and Joe are close. So when he writes lyrics, is it hard for you to kind of step into that mindset sometimes to deliver them the way that, that you think they need to be delivered? You know, um, I actually love this question because the way that we write them, yes, he, so, we all kind of come in like maybe we should say this instead of that or do this instead of that. But the ultimate like bulk of the song, you know, is a very personal feeling and kind of how I go through it. I 
I'm mainly putting myself into a mindset of something I can relate to what the lyrics are. Because when we write, we've all kind of been in that specific spot in one way or another. So, um, you know, at first I was wondering, at, you know, I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, we all have been in a spot in our lives where that has to, that happens. It just happens. So I kind of hone in on whatever I'm pulling from the lyrics and from the, the music itself even. Uh, and I, I like to put that into my work. So, well, yeah, the song is not written from me personally um, about the situation, but I've been in one similar or similar enough to where that's where I take it. And that's almost an outlet for me to get those emotions and feelings out as well. Obviously, too, like if the the verbiage isn't exactly the way that that it should work, you guys collaborate to to figure out the right wording for certain things. I, I just it's always interesting to me when it's not the lead singer that that writes the right. lyrics to songs because it's like, you know, I don't I don't want to say it feels like a cover at that point, but to some degree it kind of does, you know, where like I'm performing somebody else's thoughts and feelings. But I think you're right too, where music elicits these emotions from us and we tie it to things that have happened in our lives. So like you said, if you can okay, you know, I've been through a really bad breakup, not quite a divorce or whatever, but I've been through something close enough that I can understand where this is coming from. Right, exactly. That is exactly that. And, you know, um, a lot of the songs on this new record are introspective. And, um, I mean, I've even learned a bit about myself doing this, you know, and, and hearing these lyrics and reading these, you know, listening to songs and singing the lyrics. And it's... um it it was nice to, you know, to, to figure out. I think, you know, I've said it a lot on this podcast and in general before that music is a therapy to some, to some extent. I mean, should it replace actual therapy if it's needed or whatever? No, but right, can, right. It, can it be a, a good release and help? Like you said, be introspective where you hit that song and go, Hmm. I know where this is coming from. Like I've been there, like let's, let's cry it out together or let's scream it out together, whatever it is. Exactly. You know, it's cathartic to some extent. Yes. And I feel that that it brings it right back on the community. Yes. If actual therapy is needed, please seek help. But that is the beauty of music is it brings a community that's okay with you need to talk about it because if you don't, then it's just going to bottle up. And yes, you can listen to music, but if there's a real problem, not real, I shouldn't say real problem. If there is a problem, it needs to be spoken about. And I feel that you should always seek help because it like, uh, you know, hope for the day, it's not supposed to be like a tagline or whatever, but it is not, it's okay to not be okay. And I feel the more that people are able to bring things out in the community, the more it's going to help all of these people that maybe didn't know or didn't want to talk about it. You know, I do a lot of work with Heart Support, which was founded by Jake Lurs of August Yes, Red. we have, we have as well. Yeah, yeah, it's an ama- it's amazing. Yeah, they're they're an amazing group of people, and you know, hope for the day. Johnny, I met him a couple years back on Warp Tour, and I remember uh, the day that that Chester Bennington committed suicide, and the news broke about it was the Indianapolis Warp Tour date, and. 
Johnny actually came out on stage because the news had just broke. I literally had leaned over and told a friend that I was photoing the show with, like, hey, I just saw this come up. And Johnny came out and, and told the crowd about it right before Neck Deep's uh, set. And it was it was yeah. one of those moments like, holy shit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what is happening? It's... And it's that's where that community, you could see people like look at each other and go, holy fuck, because Chester, I mean, Lincoln Park was riding on top of the world and, you know, he he wasn't. So it goes back to like what we've said, that community is all about people that are there for you and experiencing similar things. Yes. And I feel that the awareness of uh, talking about mental health has been skyrocketing through the the scene and and uh, through channels that come from the the music like warp tour is a perfect example of all of those bands and genres like i just i love the community and uh we are very thankful we were able to be on the last one we got to experience it at one point but it's just uh, uh i think it's a very helpful thing for humans and people that are that are interested in in the genre in the genre sphere of of these bands you know, not to get super deep in it, but I, I think it's the the sense of community that we have within music. Like, obviously, just like anywhere, any job, any, you know, organization, whatever, there's potentially bad apples everywhere. There's going right. to be people that, you know, maybe don't make you feel as happy around that scene as, as you should. But I guarantee you there are more people that are going to welcome you with open arms in that scene than that are going to try to gatekeep you out of it. Exactly. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you guys have dropped a couple singles off the, the new record already. Um, let's talk a little bit about, again, it, you know, it's a little bit different than some of the old stuff, but I think the the big difference now is not being able to put out music and then immediately tour. I know with this album coming out towards the end of July, you guys will be able to get out on the road relatively early um, in the album cycle. But there's obviously some sort of fear in the back of your mind, right? When it comes to, I've got this really cool project, but I don't know how soon I can support it. Right. Yeah. I mean, we do think about that. Um, we uh, we recorded the record and we were talking about an August uh, release, but it's coming out actually sooner, which is a good thing for us. And the way that we're doing the rollout is a bit different uh, than anything we've done before. But the fear of that, honestly, I think died when we were just getting into the record cycle of our last record, Restless Heart. Um, and COVID hit. So we're already coming out with a new record that we weren't even able to fully tour on uh, our last one. So um, it's it's also like a positivity thing too, like high hopes, like it looks like the world is going to start coming back. And um, all we can really do is be ready for it. Now, <laughs> I was just talking to a friend of mine today about it it's such a beautiful time in music i think because i really believe like we're on the verge 
not to make it sound too much like a business, it obviously is, but like it's on the verge of this super lucrative point for music where everybody's been locked up, you know, stuck in houses, can go to and from work. That's it. Like no nightlife. And now live music's getting ready to come back. And it's like, everybody's chomping at the bit. They want to go support bands. They just want out of the house. So I think the opportunity, you know, it's poised to be such a, a successful time in music. Um, and it's really, you know, like you said earlier, obviously we want people to be safe, but it's really kind of trying to position yourself to be able to, to take that jump when it's time. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool feeling, but it's also not here yet. So, you know, who knows, but I have a feeling, I have a strong feeling, uh, just with, from shows that have been played already in certain places that, that we should be able to do it. So. It is a little bit of a catch 22 because since nobody's been able to tour, everybody's ready to tour. So, you know, there may be some sort of oversaturation of the market. Um, and that's kind of what I was talking to my friend about is, you know, like, obviously I'm a music journalist, but at the same time, like I'm a music fan and there are so many shows that are coming up. I'm like, do I just want to go out and enjoy this show or do I want to try to, to do press and cover this artist and you know, whatever it's like, I have to start making these decisions. <laughs> yeah, I guess I can do a... technically do both, but you know, like as a, a music photographer, I'm in the pit. I want to make sure I'm capturing you guys and making you all look good and everything. But at the same time, I kind of just want to be in the mosh pit and just fuck some stuff up, you know, and enjoy the show. Yeah, no, I totally know what you're saying. Um, and it's, it was, it, that was a thing, you know, before, like at one point I'm just like, Oh man, I'm in the mix of everything. And you know, now even on tour, like I, I usually watch every band that we tour with. I I'd love to, but you know, I'm standing, you know, in the back and I want to be in the sweet spot where it sounds perfect and everything. So that was something that I did then, but yeah, it, 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 that is a tough thing with, with music coming back. Like, it's like you work in music but you are still like in you, you still have to be in there and you're taking photos and stuff. It's like, you're not really soaking in what they're, what the, what the artist is pushing. So I, I can totally understand that. I don't want to sound ungrateful cause I'm not, you know, I love doing music journalism, but it, like you just said, it's the, I'm there, but I'm not really there type of, of situation where you're, you're just focused on something, something else, but still there. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it's when you get these opportunities, I, I could totally get that. I totally understand where you're coming from though. Um, let's talk a little bit about music videos. And the reason I bring this up is, you know, you guys are with fearless, which is a great independent label. I know they obviously help financially where they can and where they, they need to, but let's talk about how difficult it is because I truly don't think fans understand all the stuff that goes into making music videos, all the money that goes into it. Talk a little bit about the, the process for you guys to decide, okay, we definitely want you know a video for this and this, and maybe we'll just do like a lyric video for something else. Um, uh, honestly, it, it, that usually comes down to budget. 
because if I had my way, I would be like, let's do a music video for every song. And, you know, regardless if it's, if it's the perfect music video or not, I just, and like you said, lyric, lyrical videos are, are great too. Um, it's just, it's fun because, you know, for a good example, um, take my breath away news that we had just released. We, I, I never done a dance before and we got to do a, like a choreographed dance. We always wanted to do something like that. Um, influences from Don Broco because their music videos are amazing, but, uh, like you get to try new things. And, and I think that people get to see a different side of you, um, in music videos or a first time listener has a face to put to the, the music. And, um, it's it basically i would say uh for decision making such as that it, it really depends on where the song is at in the rollout of the album uh because you obviously want to make sure that you're pushing your main single uh with a music video for it so if i had to decide i would definitely pick the you know the one or two songs that we push uh the most to have that visual aspect because then it, it that's an entirely other um, realm of the industry. You know, it's not on Spotify. It's not on Apple music. It's not, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, just having, having a video of some sort pushes you to different, um, platforms. And I, I think, you know, with that, especially in today's age, like all the different social medias between Facebook, Instagram, TikTok now, all that, like, you have to be versatile and ready to jump in front of kind of different, like you said, different channels where obviously YouTube is video based period. Like you could put up just a static picture and a song, but it's not going to trend as well as a real video. Um, TikTok is, you know, obviously more personal as well. And then Instagram, you have Instagram reels, I guess, but traditionally it's, Put up just a photo. photo. A yeah. So, yeah, it's all about knowing kind of the market and where, like you said, to invest that um, that time and energy, really. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, figuring out what type of content you need to push it as far as it can go on all of these different platforms. You know, let's talk a little bit about the you know again fearless has been around forever they've had an amazing roster for a long time um talk about the difference because you guys obviously didn't start out just oh we're signed immediately talk about kind of the difference you see when it goes from truly completely diy to having that support system from a label and from pr it is, uh, it's a very awesome thing, honestly. And, uh, I feel that the reason that we were found was because we were doing these things on our own, you know, somebody that wants it that much, you know, put our own money into it. We're going to get this song recorded. We're going to do this and Hey, we're going to hit the road. We're going to tour and we're going to do it. And, you know, rice and bean dinners, you know, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I loved it when it was happening, you know, you look back and it's like, Oh, okay. But, um, it, I, I think that, uh, the fact that you want to do it on your own shows, you know, not even just fearless, just labels 
like, Hey, this, they're for real. They really want to do this. And when they reach out and want to give you a platform, I feel like that is when you work even harder because now you have all of these opportunities that you weren't presented with before being DIY. And now you need to grind even harder to push and use every available option that they have. And I'm just going to say right now, I love our team. Fearless has been so amazing to all of us, uh, personal relationships, business relationships with them, all amazing people. And, um, couldn't be happier with the way that this rollout's happening. I've worked with, with fearless records for a lot of years, like probably 14 or 15 years now. And I, I would say the same thing about them. Like, even though obviously I'm working with them in a much different capacity, the, the level of care and support that they give their artists is like hands down. Some of the most intense stuff I've seen in such a positive way. Like they still give you the freedom, obviously to create the art that you want, but then they go, Hey, we've got ideas. Here's how we're going to help promote that. This is the direction we want to go. And it just lifts so much. Absolutely. Yes. They have been, um, just, just, you can just feel the amount of excitement that they have for, for this, this cycle already. Um, and it's been a lot of hard work on both, both ends and just, uh, it, it's fun though. It's like fun work, you know, like, yeah, I'm very busy. I get tired or whatever, but I would never once be like, Oh, I would, I would rather just do this so I could just lay down or whatever, you know, like, it's just, it's like really fun, busy. Again, that just shows the passion to the music, right? Like exactly. Again, yeah obviously we all want to be millionaires doing what we love, but at the same time, like as an artist to put in that authenticity of passion for making music, like you said earlier, like at the beginning, there was no money. I mean, very little money, obviously, but I'm sure exactly. you guys played to, to crowds of 50 people in basements and VFWs or whatever. And one, two people even. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. So, we love doing it, you know? Yeah. And th I think that's, what's beautiful about you guys as artists is none of that detracted you, you know, like the, the goal is yes, we want to do this for a living forever and make money doing it. But even when we're not making money, like you said, beans and rice dinners, like I talked to Shane told a, a while back and it was shortly after the COVID, you know, puts a halt on everything. Right. And he said like, he would go back to the shittiest venues that he's ever played in just to play live music again. Hey, put it, put me upstairs. I'll load all of everyone's stuff in for them. I'll walk up all the stairs. Just let me play. <laughs> and I think that's where your fan base and, you know, obviously any band that does it this way, when you have such passion and authenticity, the fan base that starts to to gravitate to that this community and scene that we've talked about is so passionate that they're going to support you any chance they get. I can only hope so. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I, I we just love it, man. This it's just a a very awesome community. Um, we're happy that you know uh, we've grown 
even through everything, we're happy that we've grown and um, just very excited to show the world what we've been working on. Um, just a couple more things for you here as we wrap up. Let's talk about, obviously, we, we think the world's opening up. So let's say in a perfect world, the, the music scene starts to come back to life. Um, shows are coming back, things like that. What would the ideal end to 2021 look like for you as far as obviously touring on this album cycle and things like that? Uh, I would love to sell out a hometown show. <laughs> Orlando, Florida, come through, please. <laughs> but uh, we do we are we are um, scheduled to tour in November um, with uh, Tiny Moving Parts, Belmont and uh, Proper. Um, and that was poster go up today. Yeah. And we are, um, we are, it's kind of a continuation because that was the tour, um, opening band, uh, Jetty bones is not on this one. Uh, it's now it's proper, but that was the tour. We were three shows in and COVID hit and we were in, uh, Chicago area. So, uh, that, that tour was canceled because of COVID and haven't played a show since. So, <laughs> so it's nice to have that get back out there, get, get rolling again. I, I do kind of want to touch on that just briefly. What was it like? Because every artist that was on, on the road obviously got the news roughly at the same time. Um, what was it like to, to be getting your wheels under you, so to speak, for this tour and then be told, hey, by the way, you have to go home. Like we're canceling all shows. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a, it was eerie. It was like an eerie feeling. So, you know, we're day two, you know, we just heard something about it and we're like, okay, well the show tomorrow isn't canceled. Uh, so, you know, we went through and, and then, you know, we're on our way there and everybody's reading stuff about it and on the phones. And, uh, we got to the show and we ate food and the show started and you could kind of tell even with everybody in the crowd, it was like, Ooh, I don't know what's going on. Like, should I, should I go crazy? Should I not? Should I be close to this person? Should I not? You just kind of saw it happening. And then, you know, we were kind of like, should we continue? Like, even so, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we did, we, nobody knew what was really, what was, what the, what the, um, like how, how scary it could be or you know what it even entailed. So, uh, it was, it was a bummer for sure. But at that point, it was more about, okay, what is, what is going on? Is this the start of a new pandemic type feel? You know, like we, I've never dealt with one before. So it was almost like, you know, unknown feelings. You know, it's, I don't know how many people are still alive. Like the last real global pandemic was the Spanish flu, like literally a hundred something years ago now like right at a hundred, I think. Um, so you're right. Like, sure. We've read about this stuff, but reading about it in a history book versus experiencing it are two entirely different things. That and social media now is so big that it, there was just coverage everywhere. So I, I think that that had a lot to do. I think social media had a lot to do with it, you know, because people were informed instantly. You know, it's like that instant, hey, this is happening. And uh, it was uh, a very weird thing. So I feel like even if there were people that 
went through a pandemic before, it would never have been the way that they received the news that way. So, you know, I've said to me, social media is kind of that necessary evil nowadays, right? Like, Oh yeah, I totally understand what you mean. It's great. But at the same time, sometimes it's just like, I have to disconnect. There is way too much on here. Um, And like, you know, what may have started as correct information gets it's the telephone game, you know, like exactly one person tweets out facts and then somebody else tweaks two words. And all of a sudden, like you have all this misinformation being spread and it's hard to, to sift through that and know what's real. And, you know, I think sometimes that happens, you know, with even the rumor mills in the music industry, you know, like, Oh, this band's going to break up. Like, you know, this, right. is this is happening. And it's like, is it though? Or did they just, right. Say, we're taking a break from touring, you know, like that's not a big, yeah. hard to decipher. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a, I think it was Shane that told me from Silverstein that told me kind of the same thing. It was this like, okay, we, we don't know really what's going on. Then you get a little, little more information, more updates from management and stuff. And you're like, okay, so we have to go home why you know how serious is this like is it immediately spreading is it hollywood you know like is it just sweeping the country like what's right you yeah nobody really knew so that that's a tough part in it so um so the the new ending question that i've got for you uh i just started doing this question if you had to tell fans three bands that you're listening to or three artists that you're listening to right now that they need to check out, what three bands are those going to be? And then the second side of that question is if you had to pick two bands that I should have on the podcast, who would you want to hear on the podcast? Okay. Um, I would say what I've been listening to now, three bands for sure, the main which I love. I, uh, the, the, their band and team and everything that they do is, is a great model for bands out there. Uh, if you don't know, you should, you should look up and, and read up on what they do. Um, so I've been listening to them quite a bit. Um, Every Time I Die, as we talked about earlier, just one of the best lyricists I know, or, well, I know of, I should say. I don't know him personally. But, uh, Not yet. <laughs> that's right. And then... Um, Ooh, third band. Who else have I been listening to? Um, jeez. I guess I'd say. I don't know. I'd say. I guess I'd say Silverstein. Their their newest single was a banger, and uh, I've been jamming them quite a bit. Um, and then for two bands that I would say have it on the podcast um, from from our area in Florida, I'd say Magnolia Park is a, a pretty awesome band it'd be nice to to hear some stuff about them um and then um uh in her own words because uh i had my buddy joey their vocalist he came through to florida and i didn't get a chance to see him but i love their band and everything they're doing and i'm pretty sure they just signed to the reclaim music group so uh it'd be nice to to hear more about that as well We'll definitely see if we can make those things happen. Um, and then I, I totally agree with your, your at least two of the music choices. The other one I need to listen to. But, um, you know, every time I die, I guess all three, 
I've listened to the new Silverstein single like a couple times, but um, the every time I die, you know, Keith and his vocals and the way he writes and everything is, I mean, so incredible. But then, like you said, like the main, it, it's insane the longevity that those guys are going to have because they have figured out, like you said, the process, the team, they know exactly what they want to do and they kill it every single time. And even if it's an album, like I've seen John post on Instagram or Twitter where like maybe an album isn't somebody's favorite forever. Halloween comes to mind. You know, that album got shit on by some people, but there are some people that are diehard about that album that, you know, that's where they discovered the main. Exactly. And that, see, that's, that's the beautiful thing about it is it's all opinionated. So, you know, as much as you can be proud of a body of work, it could be hated, it could be loved, but that's, that's the beauty of music and being an artist is you're able to put it out to the world for other people to choose how they feel about it. You know? Um, I think that's everything I've got for you, man. So what I'll do is for the last minute or two, however long it takes you, um, give people, you know, we're going to link your socials and everything, obviously, but tell people where they can find you, what to expect from you guys when it comes to like Instagram and, and TikTok and things like that. Um, and just, yeah, you know, we, we obviously want to promote your stuff as much as possible. No, absolutely. Um, we are getting close to, uh, the record. So you can find us on, um, at Capstan band on Instagram, um, Twitter, and uh, Facebook, and we check us out on YouTube. Um, Fearless Records is going to be posting uh, the remainder of the videos, I believe. And um, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, download our stuff. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Music. It's going to be on all digital streaming platforms. Um, and if you want, pre-save it because I, I I'm hoping that you'll like it. <laughs> you know, real quick to touch on this because. I've said it before to people, but the importance of pre-saves and liking and, and following songs and artists, like those analytics now are almost because the industry's lagging behind, they're almost <laughs> as important as album sales used to be. And that's really such an in- incredible way for you guys, A, to know where to tour. The amount of analytics you get from Spotify are mind blowing. But B, it also tells the label and your management and everything else, like, we're on to something. You know, people are, are digging this. Let's take that next step. Exactly. Yeah. And um, you can find all of the things I just said. If you just go to capstanband.com, everything should be laid out there for you. So in the description of this podcast, we'll have all that too. Um, you know, we, oh, we cool. try to make it as easy as, as possible. So, um, <laughs> right. we'll have the website, all the, the socials and everything. Um, but it's always nice for, for people to hear it from you guys, you know, as well, that this is where we're active. So, uh, I appreciate your time, man. Um, like I said, this will be going live July 7th and, you know, I'm looking forward to this new album. I'm probably going to hit up the team about getting an early copy and maybe doing a review of it. Hey, that would be pretty awesome, honestly. (laughs) Sweet, man. Again, I appreciate it, and we'll let you know when everything goes live, man. Hey, thank you so much, Josh, for having me on. And uh, I I had a good time talking on it. It It's good. And we'll talk soon, okay? All right, sounds good. All right, you too.
And that was my conversation with Anthony from the band Capstan. As always, hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Um, you know, I think there was a lot of really good insight into Anthony and the band, really, um, and a lot about this new album and kind of where their headspace was when they were creating it, um, the excitement around it, as well as the excitement around getting back to live music, you know. Um, obviously, we want fans to be safe and things like that, but at the same time, you know, we want artists to be able to get out and, and really put their art out there the way that it's intended. So um, definitely think you guys need to go check them out. Highly, highly recommend um, just everything that they're doing right now. You know, they've got a few singles that have already dropped. And like I said, the new album is coming out just a couple weeks after this episode. So you could go ahead and kind of pre-save it on Spotify, Apple, whatever, um, and show your support. Uh, definitely want you guys to jump in the comments of the Instagram post for this and, you know, let Capstan know that you listened, that you're enjoying it, um, things like that. And, you know, obviously let us know what you think of it. For now, though, um, that's everything in this episode. So let's go ahead and take you out with the latest single off the new album. That new album is called Separate. And the song that we're going to play is called Abandon. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene. Expecting a thief You stole my peace But I let it happen Without reaction Gave in so easily I never did say my peace I'll make this brief You are buried, bones haunted Empty home and I hope Your soul finds grief I won't visit your grave or 